Ladies and gentlemen, drum roll please. One, two, two three. three, clap. Nice work. Yep. Episode 86. Take it away, oh, Luke. Boys and gentlemen, ladies and girls, welcome to the greatest night in entertainment. It is Oscar night on One to Review. And oh, the grandeur. Oh, the stars. I'm so honored and so happy to be blessed with you guys on One to Review. Brandon, say hello. Hi, I'm Brandon. And Alex. Whew. Guys, I am here live and it is magical. Thank you all so much for uh, having, having us on your ears. Thank you, Alex. One to Review is a little podcast where we rate and review movies in the simplest way possible. We give it a point if we didn't like it. We give it two points if we did. And if it goes to the Oscars, then it definitely got two points. Okay, guys. Darren, uh, roll those opening credits. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on One Two Review. As you can tell, my recording sounds a little different because I am here live at the Oscars, and it, the, the event is just wrapping up. People are getting in their cars. They are heading out. I've been talking to celebrities and directors, and it has been Alex, an incredible, Alex, magical evening. This is Luke. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I can hear you guys. Alex, this is Luke. Um, I'm wondering about those cars. What kind of cars are you seeing come out of that Oscar uh, celebration there? I, I mean, it's mostly black cars. There's sedans. There are... Uh, and I imagine there's some red ones, too. Alex? There's a couple red cars, but in general, these are mostly just black cars. Uh, I was talking to the drivers for a bit. The drivers all hang out in a little area. They give them food and they wait around. There's a couple of drivers I was talking to that are a little upset. Uh, Adam Hamburger's driver specifically, because uh, apparently he often runs off without telling him, and the driver is stuck there waiting kind of all night at the event. Um, either way, uh, it's just a magic. There are worse places to be stuck at. Oh, there's worse places to be stuck. Yeah, they've got a big. They've got food for the drivers. They got big screens for them to watch the event. Uh, they're getting paid. They're happy. They're content. Uh, okay, Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, Luke. I can hear you. Okay, these drivers. What kind of food? You mentioned some food. I'm wondering what kind of food they're... A um... uh, lot of taco plates. There's some, you know, icebergy kind of basic salad. Basic food catering that you would get at any sort of film set. You know, it's a little bit of that kind of spilling over into the awards themselves. And, uh, Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I can hear you. I'm, uh, thanks for ask, answering all these questions. I'm actually curious about kind of like the little details. Can you tell us about some of like the bathroom fixtures that they have going on there? Uh, yeah. Are they, do they have the air blades or are they paper towels? What's the, what are the Oscars like? Well, they've got, uh, they've got the, you know, when you go to like a fancy club, they've got a man in there with paper towels and you tip him. Uh, they've also got an air blade in there to blow down if you need it, but he's kind of blocking it. He kind of really wants those tips. I have a feeling this is one of his bigger nights. So he's a little pushy trying to get those tips in there. I have a feeling that he's got a female equivalent in the ladies' room. I was not able to get in there. I got blocked by uh, Dame Maggie Smith. She said, that's the ladies' room. And I said, I know. I'm an interviewer. I'm trying to get the scoop. And she said, that's the ladies' room. Hey, guys. And uh, Maggie Smith up for um, supporting actress on I think maybe um, a movie tonight um, Alex can you hear me yeah I can hear you she actually was up and did not win 
Okay, Ma Maggie Smith, what was she wearing tonight? I'm curious. Black dress and overalls. Oh, that's brave. That is definitely the trend of the evening. That's the that's trending. I hear that, but I don't see a lot of it in Hollywood, to be honest, Brandon. No, I um, think a lot of this fashion, there's a lot of other fashions I'm seeing that are very unique. There is uh, a lot of the men are wearing pants with around, if you can imagine this, around the, the knee area, the back of the pant has been cut and removed. So it's almost like chaps. So the, the back of the calf is exposed. And that's kind of yeah. what the men are wearing now. And there was a lot of talk about this going on all summer that this was going to be a big deal. Um, but no one has released any of that. They were saving it for the Oscars. And let me tell you, it's all over the place. You know, Dennis wore some for a little bit. I saw Seth Rogen wearing some. I saw Dennis Leary hosting the Oscars tonight, guys. I yeah, don't know if I we mean, mentioned we could get that. into that. We could talk about that all night long. Yeah, I heard, you know, that back calf craze is breaking through on the beaches here in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And um, I know Steve Carell had a cancer scare on the skin on the back of his knee. Thank God it was benign. But, um, you know, that there you go. Fashion actually saving lives. Absolutely. Well, yes. Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, so we briefly mentioned Dennis Leary. I'm curious about his opening monologue. From what I could tell, it seemed like it kind of bombed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time, big time. In fact, I would say Dennis Leary, uh, I think he was doing a good job, but the audience was having none of him this evening. He was really slogging through this thing. And I, again, I think he was doing his best, but the people just were not into what he was selling, kind of. And we should go into the fact that it is kind of a controversial night at the Oscars. There are no double bookings, essentially. Each movie can only win one award per category or something, correct? So a lot of people are yeah, kind of disinterested, disenfranchised. Big Hollywood kind of rewrote the book tonight, and how did that play out? Well, the result of that, of having every movie can only win one award, is the spread of of possibilities or whatever you know so some of these supporting actresses they're from movies that they probably never would have got the attention but because some of the better movies were uh, uh, put up for best picture that knocks out all those actors for any sort of awards from those films so a lot of people are very upset a lot of the actors that put hard work into these films that are excellent films excellent directors working with good actors it's just not going to be recognized tonight so the result is some of the supporting actors supporting actress parts um are, are not as good i don't think i don't think these actors are as deserving as they were in the past uh, but it's definitely more inclusive and that's kind of the goal of the oscars these days yeah no doubt that definitely um I think a lot of Hollywood elite, a lot of the big actors that are going for, you know, second, third Oscars are now rallying behind the Golden Globes as sort of instead of the Golden Globes being this secondary, you know, laughable competition. Now the Golden Globes is sort of becoming the new haven for these big Hollywood actors that want to get these awards, you know? That's incredibly astute and spot on. It's becoming think, the indie Oscars. Brandon, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me, Luke? Yes. Um, Alex, are you still you're there? Coming in, yeah, you're I coming you. in pretty clear. Uh, okay. The logistics, I wanted to talk because as throughout the night, as these singular actors are getting their awards, they know that once you know their, their project is up and has gone through the award process, they're not going to be back up on the podium for the rest of the night, and they start leaving the auditorium. 
Now I heard the actual the stand-ins that they needed this year to fill those seats as people were leaving the show. I think I heard this the the number of stand-ins was in the th- the thousands, thousands. 1,200, 1,300 or something like that. Not only that. that, but some of them were doing split seating. And the way that works is they sit on the handrail between the two seats. So right. they cover two seats. But the way they do that is then they have to kind of squat down so they match the height of everyone else so they're not blocking behind them. So I saw lots of these poor stand-ins kind of in this hunkered down position trying to cover two, sometimes even three seats, trying to fill them up to make the, the event look full, which it yeah. was at the start. They I'd did say it was more job. full than it's ever been. Uh, but you're right. By the end, it was definitely a trickle out. Yeah, and this is exciting. You could definitely. Elon, Elon Musk reported in Wired magazine this month that 2020 they were going to have robots and AI available for next year's Oscars, so they wouldn't have to go through that problem. Oof! And I was talking to some of these stand-ins, and they are very upset about that. You know, they work hard. They work all year on this and hope for this and strive for this position. It's prestigious. It's an absolutely prestigious position. Well, I just want to chime in. One of the few, one of the few groups of workers that is not unionized in Hollywood. Brandon, I got a chime from you coming in. Let's go. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you know, I wanted to come in a while ago, and I just couldn't get a word in, and now I've just totally forgotten what I was going to say. So I'm going to chime. I'm going to try to chime back in later. But I'm really enjoying the conversation so cool. far. Then chime out for a minute, and I think we should discuss a couple of these awards you know i mean there's tons of them we're not gonna be able to get through all of them but i'd like to maybe right now take a minute to maybe talk about maybe supporting actors supporting actress before we go on our first break if that's all right with you guys yeah we should knock those out i'll drill down into some details later that i'm curious about Excellent. hey brandon can you hear me yep can you hear me so uh as we're discussing these actors and actresses see if you could remember what you were gonna say this time mm. okay I actually forgot what I was going to say, and I just sort of said that instead. Okay, Alex, um, can you hear me? Yeah, let's do this. I got you right now. Uh, let's talk about these supporting actors. Did you guys have any? You guys had any hopes? Anyone that you were hoping that would win? And what do you think of some of these performances? I mean, we saw a lot of movies this year, guys. We, I think, saw the most movies out of any other review show. I know definitely we dominated in. Um, movie watching out of any podcast American podcast at least I know that some of the Chinese podcasts are really just like unapproachable as far as the sheer their sheer moving watching abilities but um, we're up there that's what I'm saying and um, you know it's really hard to pick one in general I know I had my money on Marta Salvage um, for his support in uh, a little film called Like Butter for Scotch. I'm not sure if we reviewed that, but that film was powerful. Yeah, 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 absolutely. His support of her, her alcoholism in that. I mean, she did so good, and I was bummed that she didn't get a nod for Best Actress. Um, but Marte, Marte? I think it's Marte. Marte. He was great. He was definitely my pick, too. Uh, it was a huge upset. Shandy Buckley for his support to Michael McManus and God's Grief, which is also an excellent film, you know, an excellent film, a tornado film, which we haven't seen a tornado film in quite a while, and that was cool, and that's cool that that kind of film can be up for a, for an Oscar in these, you know, in this day. Very interesting to me that they went with the dual role that Abner Mahalovic played uh, in his support to Jen, uh, what's her last name? Strockler? Yeah. In Mother Jen May Strockler. I? The the twin documentary or faux documentary about the upbringing in the rural Arkansas kind of environment where she plays both parts, mother, mother and daughter. And uh, to be 
you know, just there to support is incredible. Yeah, not a single spoken line in that movie for Abner. So, I mean, that that on itself is impressive. Super impressive. And a quick mention to Tasia Papadopoulos for his never-ending and unnerving support of Robert Lang Foundation. Um, not per se a movie role, but definitely um, a role we should all respect and honor. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why he was in there. Uh, but again, uh, the award went to uh, Shady Buckley, and uh, it was exciting. He had an excellent speech. Long speech, but uh, a long moving. Speech, a long speech, powerful. For sure. uh, do you guys want to talk about some of the supporting actresses? We had Dame Maggie Smith, as we know, from her role in Pillowcase, and uh, she did not win for that, which I thought she did a very good job in. Uh, Pillowcase, i got to be honest, I think maybe it was the movie itself that sort of threw her under the bus. I know there was a lot of political angles that didn't really sit well Oof. with Hollywood elite in pillowcase. I know well, her playing a um, black woman is something that like it made sense in the story that a white woman would play a black character but uh, it was not executed world, well. Yeah and the world is certainly not ready for it. even someone as as strong an actress as, as Maggie Smith. The world's not ready for that kind of portrayal I don't think. No. Um you know, but but if one to review to were to sort of pick, I think Maggie has has our support on that. I mean, just the project itself was sort of a rough ride for a lot of people um, involved. Um, we should talk about Marcy Tubleg and her role as woman with Trey in Butt Cheeks that won her the fucking award. I, I, I the role being so small, just a background player, really. Um, well, I mean, Alex, I mean, don't underplay it. Tubleg came out. I mean, yes, a background actor. Yes, mostly a non-speaking role. I think she did make some guttural sounds, some some sort of like snot sounds, you know, in the restaurant scene. But um, it's just powerful presence on screen and deserving of this award. Yeah, I mean, walking away from the film, she is what I remember. Like, when I think of butt cheeks, I think of two blank. Most memorable film for me this uh, in this category would definitely have to be Obama Summer Vacation. And in that, we have Willow Smith, who's nominated for portraying Michelle. I feel she was too young to play that role, but she definitely has a presence. And I'm excited for her in the future and to see more of her work. I, I know that America, we can't get enough of the Obamas, so this is a genre of film that's really going to be emerging in 2020 and really going to be, I don't know, I think it's really going to put meat in the seats, to be honest. You know, as, as we see the movie genre dying, the movie medium dying, I think these Obama movies are really going to pick it back up. There's no better way to introduce, you know, the Obama genre than with an Obama-Will Smith family collaboration. You know, those are two huge components. Two powerhouses. They'll propel this whole genre. And a 100% politic-free movie, too. Obama movie. To be 100% politic-free. This is just like, you know... um, Summer vacation. Kite surfing, throwing snowballs around the beach, that kind of stuff. It was just wonderful. To, to get that dose of Obama without the politics. All right, guys, that's supporting actresses. Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay, it's time for an advertisement break. 
Because much like the Oscars, we are funded by sponsors. Sure are. Alex, can you hear me? I got you. And go ahead, Darren, and play the advertisement. Thank you. Scriptel. Get your script ideas on the internet fast with the number one AI-assisted script writing software, Scriptel. Scriptel can write human and natural dialogue for any scene of your movie or show. Many parts of The Walking Dead and Late Night with Carson Daly were written with Scriptel. And check this out. Eight out of ten viewers agree that the dialogue was completely normal. Let's listen to a dramatic scene from The Walking Dead. I'm here too. With you too. I'm standing with my man legs, so if you're coming with us, use your woman legs now and cross the line or suffer the consequences. Wow. Scriptel is free to try and comes with 50 free script styles to choose from. Download and try now at scriptel.net. Let's take a moment to acknowledge Darren, our new sound engineer for the evening. Thank you. Thanks, Darren. Darren is not mic'd up, guys. He's just... If you get the video feed, which we don't release, Darren is actually waving at the camera, and um, he's very well-dressed tonight. We brought him on board this evening because Alex is live from the Oscars. We're trying out some new technology. Let us know what you think. I'm worked up in a lather over these Oscars, and I'm still reeling in a lather as well, and I'm soaking wet. I was so moved. Can we talk a little bit about some of the songs that were performed tonight? Uh, yeah, the Oscars with, I don't know, I guess we could call a lot of surprise bangers showing yeah. up. When did the Oscars become Coachella? I really felt like I was missing out on some like must-see performances. Um, Marshmallow helped out Dennis Leary with some of the opening ceremonies, you know, French DJ Marshmallow with the big marshmallow helmet. Um, except this time he had a golden body. Like the fitting. F- like the famous Oscar award fitting, right. It was form fitting. I'm surprised Marshmallow, you know, he's well endowed. Well, and he did excellent tonight. He did not win for his song Ambidextrous from the film Cartwright, but I feel it's a fucking great song. And in fact, all the Oscar songs, the one by the Chili Peppers, the John Legend song, uh, and of course we got to talk about the winner in a second, but all those songs I think were solid tonight. The performances were incredible. And what about Puce with their, with their like very racy performance? She is so, so, so sexy. I'm a She's sexy and fan. weird in a weird way. Super weird. Gives Lady Gaga a fucking run for her money. Let me put it this way. If you would have asked me a week ago, hey, has everything already been done? I probably would have said, yeah. And then comes Poos, and this is some new envelope pushing stuff. Like, I thought I knew what music was. I thought I understood how sound waves work, and I don't. Yeah. And I just want to put all all the vegans at rest. That wasn't real animal milk that she used. That was just coconut milk, guys. Coconut milk. Yeah. Even though even though the containers were marked animal milk. And do you guys remember the Super Bowl when a, the nip slip was such a huge deal? And then you look at this performance and you think, wow. Fake times vagina, have, man. Times have really changed. Fake vagina. I mean, everyone here, let me tell you, you could feel when she revealed that thing, everyone was... 
I mean, especially because it's Hollywood. People really, there was this moment of people were like, oh, should we hate this? Are we supposed to, this, is this wrong? Is this some sort of, yeah, some sort of line crossing? But her music and her stage presence really pulled everyone right back in. You know, she lost them for like a second, which I think was her goal. You know, she's a shock, shock artist for sure. And it really is indicative of our time when Fox News is reporting on this as empowering to women. Yeah. You know, normally they would be shooting this, nothing against Fox News, of course, but normally they would be shooting this down as some kind of liberal left-wing protest act, some more Hollywood elite, you know, uh, garbage but no they were behind it 100 percent too so good honor good on pews good on the band oh let's can you get hear me? to that yeah did we mention john legend uh, i'd mention him briefly yeah because his performance with the chili peppers i thought was pretty cool it was pretty cool i've been hoping to see those guys perform together for a long time since i first listened to both those artists i was like i think these guys are you know a yin and yang that should really come together I think going after the Poos performance was a bad choice. Um, I feel like their whole sock thing would have been a lot stronger if it happened before Poos's performance. Definitely. But yeah. it was cool that John Legend got down on the whole sock thing. Definitely, definitely. It's cool to throw back. We, we uh, kind then, of, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, and, then, and then, of course, I guess we just got to give the, a shout-out to the winner, uh, Outcast and Feet collaborating together on the on the song fortunately from the film luxury not my favorite song of the year but i did listen to it a few times i did not like this song am i alone on this say it again i did not like fortunately i did not that's especially with you know puce and john legend chili peppers like with them out there and even marshmallow like i don't know yeah it didn't seem like a win for me it seemed like that was uh i don't know that was a confusing award for me yeah, especially since Big Boy wasn't present, wasn't even included on the production of the song. No, um, Feet is one of these sort of SoundCloud, SoundCloud shock artists, one of these meme artists, and so it. I mean, it just felt like uh, this song belonged on, you know, a death scene from Fortnite or something. It, it belonged in a video game. Yeah, maybe I'm too old though. You know. Yep. 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 Too old for the Oscars. What a what a crazy time to be alive. Too old for for feet, you know. And I always thought I was a footman. Uh, Want to talk real quick about the cinematography award that ended up going to uh, the film Portmouth: Tale of the Sea. Beautiful film, great cinematography. I love the use of just a single GoPro strapped to the boat the entire time. You know, you see what you see. Sometimes you get the conversation, sometimes you don't. It was a bold choice, and I'm honored, personally, to have met uh, the director himself and to have a conversation with him. And pers- personally, I think he's a great guy. Okay, Brandon, tell me about the director. Okay, you, you're, tar- you're talking to Mar- Mark Strivell, director of Portmouth. This is his third film, and it was very documentarian style. Of course, like you said, Alex, shot with a GoPro, strapped to a boy, strapped to a boat. You know, he, he did a lot of different things to um, get this, to get the shots for this movie. But I wasn't impressed. In fact, I was seasick through a lot of this. I think that was intentional. And I hesitated to say his name because he is a controversial figure, but I do think he's a good guy. And I think, you know, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. I think the movie speaks for itself. 
And I think we can move on. Yeah, I don't well, I know about good guy. He He's there. a solid dude, but... Sure, yeah, but Alex. The, fact that he, the fact that he was not there to pick up the ward, for me, expresses some level of guilt or acknowledgement of what he did. I think some level of arrogance. Either way. Either way, I feel like there's certain cinematography like this that is so simple that it's weird to award it. But that said, we've seen his work in other films that is, is incredibly elaborate. And so I guess what we're rewarding sometimes is when an artist has the ability to do less, when an artist doesn't um, embellish in their work. Because this sure, is definitely... Sure, sure. When you look at his body of work, this is definitely taking a step away from his normal style. Yeah. Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Um, well, let's... I want to move forward to... Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the more of the smaller awards uh, mm-hmm. best grip kung fu yeah. classic grip you know it's been around since the 70s I think it's strong I think it's sturdy you can double hand it carry things you can even put things on a wall if you need to so yeah it's been uh, looking for that award for quite a long time you know I sort of knew the whole time I had my money on two handed but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, all I gotta say is I lost a lot of money on that bet. Um, I like when a horror movie gets a little bit of a nod, and uh, Henry and the Faceless Men uh, that won it tonight for best makeup, and I think that's a very deserving award. If we've talked about awards that were maybe not deserved, this one definitely earned. Some of these actors spending thirty six, thirty eight hours in a makeup chair. Um, some of these makeup artists. Um, passing out from exhaustion took an entire team to pull off the makeup on Henry and the Faceless uh, I, I mean this is beyond next level and this is I mean this this movie should be awarded the Oscar for best makeup for the next 10 years in my opinion the sheer training that the actors had to go through they went through complete CIA torture training just to be able to tolerate the makeup sessions I just think there were so many so many people that gave this movie shit that were like, just CG it. Why didn't they just CG that? Use computers. Um, I'm glad they didn't. 100%. It, had, it looks real. This film looks real because it is real, you know? It looks like CGI. It's that good. Yeah. In a weird way. I don't want to say that it doesn't have a natural feel. It doesn't. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah. the, what the, what they accomplished with this is really groundbreaking, and I think that they developed technologies that are going to be used for years to come. Unfortunately, it does not say a lot about the category in general when it was the only film nominated. So, of I course, it's going to win. Deserved it. Yeah, yeah, the only film that actually used makeup this year. Um, all right, we got so much to talk about. Do you guys have anything to say about the Douglas P. Rice Lifetime Achievement Award? This is the type of award that. I think should be awarded sparingly. You know, it's not something I feel it should be rewarded yearly. However, that being said, I feel like the choice this year was beyond blasphemous. You, you exactly, Brandon. You bring someone on board that truly embodies the Douglas P. Rice achievement, um, which is Ron. Turman, and this year, for sure. this year, well, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm on board with Brandon in saying that maybe. It, Maybe giving Ron Turman the the Barbara Streisand lifetime, maybe giving him the Clint Eastwood lifetime, but not the Douglas P. Rice lifetime. 
I mean, there's literally dozens of other lifetime awards that you could have thrown Ron's way that would have fitted him better, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Rice Award is for someone that really pushes the envelope, and I feel like his choreography and stilts and Ambassador's Dance were, were you know, great and way ahead of their time. I feel like okay. that stuff is pulled every day, you know? Like, his techniques are pulled for other films. Yes. I mean, stilts was a lot of fun. Ambassador's Dance was a very serious choreography. I don't think I've ever seen a stricter stricter restriction of movement in a dance than Ambassador's Dance. And couch surfing was, um, you know, that's the only way stoners danced for eight years, from 96 to 2004. So that's what I'm saying, is I feel like I feel like his choreography came out of movies and then dipped back into culture, like you said. It definitely influenced the way stoners dance. Ambassadors changed the way that formal balls were run for political ambassadors. Um, and stilts, I still see kids dancing on ladders, you know? This is all from Ron Turman, and I think uh, very much deserve it at the right I award. guess my concern... Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I guess, I guess my concern is his involvement, early involvement with exploitation films, um, sort of the sleazier movies that he did. I mean, do those marks, those dirty marks on his career really, really put him up there with the other winners of the P. Rice Award? I don't even know what you're saying. That, like, how could you not take the work that he did in those films? And how can you take that as negative? That was a Because person- they're trash. But that was a person that only had trash. He he grew up poor. He was able to get into films early. They were exploitation films. And it, even if, I don't know, I don't see anything wrong with those films at all. I think those are a sign of the times. And I think they made sense. They were a political view that was being expressed. I don't know. I don't see them as bad marks at all. I see them as a rough start or a, a you know, a person working in, in a factory to kind of make their way. Well, a lot of controversy on the show today. I, I, I mean, for me personally, Doug, the you know Douglas was known for being religious. So to bring somebody on board that is just so not aligned with his morals, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't sit right for me. But yeah, you're right. Lots of controversy. I can concede that point. He, he's turning in his grave right now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I'm still. You know, I, I'm still 100% behind the Oscars. And I'm sure, like Alex said, there's a lot of good reasons to give out this award to Ron Turman. Um, boys, do we have anything else we need to cover before we roll into our next sponsor? No, Alex, let's... I know you need to. We need to take a quick break to let Alex get to the next party. Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Real quick before the ad, I'm curious. How much are drinks? Are they complimentary? Do you drink minimum? Are they expensive? Do you have to buy your own? Let me know. Uh, they're complimentary, but it is a two-drink minimum. Oh, that's fine. It really loosens up the crowd, huh? Yeah, that's the goal. Great. Thank you. All right. Let's kick it to a sponsor. All right, guys. More Oscars after this. Sponsor. Darren, uh, run the sponsor. Darren. Pull it up. This episode of One Two Review is brought to you by... Big pineapple. Oranges, apples, kiwis, bananas, supersized fruits are all the rage now. But why no pineapple? 
Well, scientists here at Dillon Farms have been working hard and are now proud to announce the first ever Big Pineapple! 17 pounds and 3 feet tall. This pineapple can feed 14. Don't even worry about not enough pineapple ever again. You're going to have too much. With Big Pineapple, please allow three to four weeks for delivery of the Big Pineapple and one to two weeks for consumption. Freight shipping only. Refrigerate immediately. See you on the other side of the pineapple. Hey, Alex, can you hear me? Uh, gotcha. How's it going down there? It's going great. I'm telling you, they're starting to clean up this place a little bit. Uh, tell me about, tell me about cool. the energy. Is it dying down? Do you the still energy, feel? I think, has left. I think the energy, a lot of the energy has left. A lot of the energy has moved on somewhere else. I'm still here. I want to kind of get the whole experience. I want to be here until they lock this place up. Uh, right now, they are starting to, yeah, you know, kind of clean up the seats, and they're starting to sweep and stuff. So I probably got are another you, Alex. hour here. Alex. Yeah, I can hear you. Now, the energy is dying down at the party. Your energy sounds sky high right now. How are you keeping your energy so up? Did you have any Did you have any fresh uh, Oscar fruit? Uh, they had cantaloupe that they gave us. Yeah. Any, uh, so any party food, anything will get you going, guys, as you know. Um, okay, wait, well, wait, 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 hold uh, up, hold Brandon, up, yes, hold Brandon, up. Brandon, I can hear you. Brandon, come in. Alex, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. The energy may be dying there, but are you taking that energy to any after parties? Are you and Darren going to be hitting the streets? We have not been asked to go to any parties. I'm hoping that we will. I'm hoping that we will. You made friends with some of the drivers, am I correct? I did. Get the scoop, bud. Yeah, they can't let me into the party, they said, but I know about the party, so I'm working some angles to see what I can do. Alex, um, it looks here on Twitter, if you show this uh, tweet from Tom Arnold's Twitter, you can get into his party, so there's always a backup for uh, Tom Arnold's after, yeah, after party. Yeah, I know about that, but meh. Alex. Yeah. You can hear me? Yeah. Bam Majera's Instagram's blowing up. He's throwing a free party. You can probably get into that. Okay. Alex, all right. Well, um, we're excited to see how your night goes, man. Obviously, I'm I have to hold it down here at the recording, at the recording bunker in Brandon's and L, uh, Brandon's in New York, where there's not a lot going on for Oscar night. So, um, let's roll through these categories. We all saw. We already know what happened, but let's talk about best actor. Yeah, our uh, nominees were Jason Hatcher, Jerry Hendricks, Richard Harris, Dwayne Bradbird, and then, of course, we have Timothy Harris, brother, twin brother, to Richard E. Harris. Uh, so that's the first time they've actually had twins nominated for the same award on the same Oscar night. And that was a fascinating little bit of social intrigue that was going on uh, down here in the audience. i got to tell you, the Harris families look beaming. They look absolutely overjoyed the fact so that they had two of their boys in, uh, in in the final runnings for this award. Of course, the award went to neither of them, uh-huh. and uh, that sucks for them, but it, it went, ended up going to Jason C. Hatcher yep. for Extreme Doe, first of the ever first ever award for any of the Doe series. Um, Jason C. Hatcher, he did a lot of voice work, and there was some actual live acting in this film. Uh, for his portrayal of Guy in back of line number two. Yeah. What a trick there to name him that character, to introduce him. 
in the first couple, in the first scene, I guess the first scene of the film, and to not really use him, and then, man, that character comes back in a big way for the second act of the film and really uh, drives the whole film. Fun fact, if you actually look at the movie poster, you can see him in the background. But yeah, all the advertising is really for the other guy. So yeah, out of left field, Jason Hatcher, great job. Can we talk about Jerry Hendrix? I think one of Hollywood's new up-and-coming bad boys. Uh, he portrayed Alec Wilcox Third in, I, I, I don't know, I got to call it a snoozer in Like Family. Yeah, boring film. Um, you know, he did throw a giant tantrum when he didn't win the award, flipped over the whole entire table. I mean, this guy is strong. Uh, I, I wonder if he's going to be allowed back at any of the future Oscars awards. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I, I'm going back to the politics of the whole thing, I feel like he was, this is dangerous territory for me to even talk about, but I feel like he was only nominated because of his handicap. And I'm just going to say it. I feel that his portrayal was not that great, his acting was not that great, the film was a snoozer, and I think he's only there because, you know, yeah. he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. And, I mean, it, should he really even be in a wheelchair? That's another controversial thing. He's got... It's a dental handicap. Uh, it's his... As you all know, he's he's got um, dental fi- fibritis, where your back teeth are switched with your front teeth. So he's got two big molars in his front teeth. It really doesn't look that bad, you know? It, it affects his chewing, but um, I, I feel like, you know, his ability to flip a table... At, uh, at an award show sort of le- it, it lets you know that the guys really shouldn't even be in that wheelchair well, Brandon I mean, people in wheelchairs are strong yeah but I mean he got on his legs to flip it okay, okay I think we lost Brandon lot- Darren hey can you guys hear me yeah, we gotcha. can hear you. We can hear you. I'm buddy. sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't hear anything that whole segment. I think. Uh, can you turn me? Can you turn them up, Darren? Alex, is Darren in your line of sight? Can you see? Yeah. Can you? He's turning can you, you, you hear me, Alex? Yeah, I can hear you. He just turned you up. We can all hear you. You're fine. Oh, okay. I was just. I was talking about uh, Timothy Harris's performance. Yeah, a twin. A lot of unique situations behind some of these stories for the best actor. But this one really takes the cake for his performance of Donald, for his performance of uh, Donald Sutherland's performance of Larry King in the movie Rat Race, a real meta film that investigates, uh, you know, the truth behind some of Wall Street's biggest missteps, and uh, great performance. That movie was terrible. But I already talked about it. I don't remember what I said, so sorry you missed out kind of my opinion on that one. Hey, no worries. We're going to roll forward into Best Actress. Um, You know, a a lot of great nominees, a lot of powerful performances in this category. Alex, you want to kick us off with one of your favorite? Uh, Yeah, I would love to. Rebecca Hernandez, her portrayal of cocaine in the movie Drugs was excellent. I thought she was well-directed, and uh, I feel like it's a nuanced performance that we don't see a lot of anymore. Um, yeah, definitely wispy and wistful in that movie. Uh, Tammy J. Cole for her portrayal of a crying baby in Crying Baby. That was, um, I don't know about Oscar worthy, but definitely an interesting film. I think maybe that's why it got the spotlight. Petra J. Shires for her portrayal of Petra J. Shires in the Petra J. Shire story. 
Uh, I think she should have won, to be honest. Absolutely, she should have won. I mean, she's playing herself in a movie about her, but... Uh, I like Margaret Metro's work in Killer Babysitter. I was going to ask about the mood kind of in the house when it, Barry Wiserman actually stood up. He was there the entire time, am I right? Yeah, yeah, he was there. She, so she, of course, plays Barry Wiserman in the film. It's a biopic about a killer babysitter. Uh, he is one of the parents of one of the victims, and she plays him in the film. So a bit of a gender uh, role swap. But, I mean, a few gender role swaps in that film, but hers being, you know, the strongest. And that was an unplanned moment. He just stood up, stared at her, kind of pointed at her, and then walked out. Mm-hmm. And what was the crowd reaction? Uh, I mean, you saw it. They just uh, they didn't know how to react, really. They weren't sure what that finger point meant or why it was done. I think a lot of people do know what it meant. And Barry Weisserman didn't make a dime off of Killer Babysitter. Obviously, it's his story. He went through the tragedy of the real-life version of this, and I think he should make some money off of it, to be honest. Um, I didn't really like how a lot of this footage that, you know, a lot of... A lot of the the upstanding quote unquote people of Hollywood were actually just recording Barry on their smartphone instead of helping him, you know, uh, cope with the situation. But it looked like utter confusion from the broadcast. So I'm I'm glad to hear it was accurately uh, represented. Um, a throwaway nomination with Janice Jameson in a portrayal of the bloodthirsty maniac and bloodthirsty maniac. Uh, I don't know why she was there. And, of course, the winner. Brandon, do you want to announce the winner? Well, I'll go ahead and, and announce it, guys. It was Gene I. Gill. Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. For her portrayal of the Soda Sisters in the Color Wars. Um, sorry, Soda Sister, rather, in the Color Wars. I love this movie. I loved her performance. Um, I, I think she. I think she deserved it. To be honest, right after Petra J. Shires. Yeah, she's got some amazing monologues in that film. Yeah. I mean, if you guys want to catch monologues, check out The Color Wars. Almost entirely monologues. That about wraps it up. Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Boys, we're, we we're kind of running out of time here. Alex, I know, needs to get to that Tom Arnold party. Um, best directors. Boys, let's talk about it. All right, yeah, let's talk about some of these uh, directors. There's some really fucking good work this year, some really amazing direction. Stuff from Wilbur Matheny, Denise Gammons, Mary Walker. I loved all of their stuff. And for me, some lesser stuff from Alice Hill, Leonard Cheston, and Mark Lewis. Uh, still, you know, good directors, absolutely good directors, but I don't think they were bringing their A game this year. What would you guys think? No, 100%. I think this is probably part of why the movie genre, the movie medium as i mentioned earlier is sort of falling and trending down um for instance water in the ocean that was a great um ethereal piece of work um a lot of bobbing up and down um but to does somebody that you know borrows these techniques these gopro techniques from other great directors other great filmmakers deserve this this Oscar nod um, especially in a movie with no actors now if you want to talk great ocean movies Mary H. Walker in Bilge 3 incredible direction of everybody starboard and everybody port fore and aft on that ship 
here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, Alex, I was definitely on board with your statement with saying there were a ton of great directors this year. Then I fell a little off track because I'm going to say that none of them are represented here in tonight's nominations. I really feel like the new scoring system is starting to hinder some of these choices, and I think it's going to backfire. Highlighting some of these films, for me, is a very bad choice to represent and say these were the best directors. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, like like they say in Hollywood, um, even the best actor is dog shit with a bad director. And I think it goes the other way around. So, um, for instance, Extreme Doe, uh, King Richard, and Remembering John. These are all movies that I think would have gotten that best director nod had it weren't had it be for uh, I don't know what am I saying here they would have gotten that nod if it weren't for this new way of picking out nominees for the Oscars limiting them to one per category really affected the situation in my opinion absolutely I mean there's talk of them already switching back next year and I think for for good reasons uh, and anyone that missed it, the, the award ultimately ended up going to Wilbur Matheny for his uh, direction of the film Runner's Cove. Runner's Cove. Which is cool, you know. It's neat to see a modern day, I'd say a modern day pirate movie is what I would call that thing. And so that's cool and all. But yeah, I agree. I think some of the better direction happened in, you know, Remembering Mark or The Diamond Clown Book. You know, some of these films that were up for best picture clearly had some of the best directors. But again, going back to it, uh, one film, one award per film this year, and so uh, a lot of people got snubbed. Alex, can you hear us? Yeah, I gotcha. I want to ask about Big Hollywood. We're talking about these choices they've made. We're talking about how it's affecting them. Do you feel the pressure of Big Hollywood living there? Uh, yeah, all the time. I feel like a diamond being smashed into uh, a piece of coal. I mean, it's it's coming at us from all directions. The advertising, the billboards, um, what kind of foods that we're encouraged to eat out here in Los Angeles. It's um, it's really like like Alex mentioned. It's a lot of pressure. Thanks. Uh, let's continue with the show. I don't even know what my original thoughts are a lot of the times. Uh, so, Brandon, can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. I think we should move forward into the best picture category, the big boy. That takes us from best directors to the next category, which is the best picture. However, it is the final category of the evening. So, of course, we're going to run a sponsor before that, build the suspense. Uh, do you have that sponsor queued up, Darren? Yep. File number three. Yep. Go ahead and play that for us. Thank you. The new John Mission Gravel Limestone. John Mission is back with an intense new gravel. Marvel at the feed field. Lounge in its non-reflective matte glare. Your friends won't stop talking about John Mission's new gravel. Find out why. JohnMissionsGravel.com Alright guys. It's your big boy. Drumroll please. The one we've been waiting for all night. Best Pictures. Um, there were a lot of big players, a lot of big studios, a couple low dogs on the totem pole in this year's running. Um, let's, I'm, I'm speechless. But before we get to the winner, Alex, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. I want to get to some of the losers. 
Mm-hmm. Home fries. Uh, a little film where a man wears different wigs and makes different potato recipes to woo Sweet Jane. Um, a little reminiscent of of uh, um, Sleepless in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Reminded me a little bit of Mystic Pizza mm-hmm. with that um, Eastern board feel. Yeah. Not my kind of movie, but well made. Uh, we had Jesus Doesn't Live in Wilmot, a documentary about Wilmot, Pennsylvania, one of the poorest towns in America. Uh, I felt that that movie was definitely uh, heartbreaking. You know, some really horrible, sad, sad moments in there. The stuff with the dog shelter and the kindergarten were all very moving for me. My pick of the year was definitely Diamond Clown Book. Unfortunately, it did not take home the crowning achievement this night. But in that film, we had stockbroker Ed Calvin. He is transported into the body of a circus clown. This is the type of movie that I think goes unnoticed because it's a premise we've seen. You know, it's a Freaky Friday. It's a switcheroo with your friend. But this movie takes it to another level and examines social economic politics in a way that makes it simple to understand some of these concepts and really does more. Ed Harris is so good in this movie, and I was so disappointed that it was up for Best Picture instead of him being up for Best Actor, because I thought that was the strength of the film. But, yeah, still, I I really enjoyed the movie. The modern plight of economic viability in American... um, in in an American workspace, in a nutshell. Insanely poignant. uh, They really Trojan horsed us on that one. I feel like Dog Summer really did not fit up there uh, for a best picture. It's uh, Again, it's similar to Diamond Clown Book, and it's another kind of uh, Freaky Friday switch where some dogs and owners switch bodies, and it's yeah, it's more of a romantic comedy than anything, but certainly didn't feel like a best picture for me. I'm not sure why that made it up there. And this movie was only 40 minutes long, too. It's barely the length of a movie, more like a show. That being said, let's get to the winners. Um, well, before we get to the winner, uh, the twin, definitely an honorable mention. That's um, a good film. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to announce that the cast and crew of the twin stayed for the whole entire show. They didn't get up and leave when they found out they didn't win. So that was nice on them. Um, but let's get to the winner, Brandon. You want to announce this? Absolutely. The winner of the best picture of 2018 goes to Remembering Mark. Ooh. This is basically what's shown at a funeral, and it kind of sets that mood for 2019. You know, in a good way or a bad way, 2018 is dead, and we have to move on. And how do some people move on? They look back. So this film looks back at Mark. He was a good guy. He was a great guy. He was fun-loving. He was carefree. Sure, everybody loved him, but he died, much like 2018. And this movie takes time and remembers some of those moments. And for me, you know, it was metaphorical, and it was important. You know, this movie brought me into Mark's life in ways that I never thought were imaginable. Um you know, this guy that I really, I could really care less about. Um, I was there with him on his first intramural 
soccer win, you know, sophomore year in college. I was there with him when he got fired from Best Buy. I was there with him for his death when he got distracted by the advertisements at a cell phone store while he was driving. Uh, so, I mean, to be, to have like this sort of intimacy with Mark was, uh, I think it was groundbreaking in a lot of ways that movies want to be, but I think they just nailed it on this one. Oh, shit, guys, I, I, sorry to interrupt, but I, I think I gotta go. Uh, a, a limo just pulled up. Okay, and yeah, Alex, we can hear you, go ahead. I think I, I might have to go. I, a limo just pulled up with Marty Salvage in it, and he is offering us to go to his party. Darren and I both. Wait, Alex, are you there? I can't yeah, hear yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm here, but I'm about to not be here. Alex, uh, tell Marte we said hi. Tell him Luke said hi. I will tell him that we wanted him to win. Oh, yeah. cool. You're seeing Marte. Yeah, say hey. Uh, yeah, Marte Salvage from uh, his supporting actor role in uh, Like Butter for Scotch. I'm gonna hang out with this guy, I guess. If that's cool with you guys, I'm gonna head out. Hey, Alex. Yeah. Um, how come we didn't get invited to go to the Oscars? Uh, I don't know. You have to probably ask yourself that. They sent me a letter. They said that the work that I've done in film review has been so good that my presence there would be, you know, uh, a benefit to the event. Wow. I wish I didn't know that. I mean, I can't help but disagree with that, but, you know. I mean, I don't agree with it, guys. But you know how politics are in Hollywood. Wow. Big Hollywood's gotten to some of us, it looks like. But Yeah. All right. Well, don't. Don't come back to the apartment all fucked up and, you know, don't bring any of those Hollywood skanks back or any old pizza or anything like that. Hey, but be safe. Get in the cab. Have fun. You will. All right, guys. Uh, I love you so much. This is so exciting. I've never gone to this. So, uh, yeah, uh, he says we got to go. Cool. Think of me. I will. I keep you in my heart. Be safe. Be, be safe. All right, guys. Close this one up for me. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, can you hear me? I gotcha. Tell Darren thanks. Uh, Darren's coming too. Oh, yeah, we'll tell him thanks. Tell Darren we can't pay him for four weeks. All right, bye. Okay, uh, bye, Alex. Thanks for joining us live. Uh, We appreciate Darren's help. It was really beneficial to be able to live conference in Alex. That was something we've never done before. So thanks, Darren. Uh, Luke, we also have to give some thank yous to our long-standing Patreons. It's been like, what, 4,000 weeks now? Rab, you've been donating Rab, $2 from the very beginning. a month for so long. Thank you. Your He's generosity deep. goes deep. It helps us pay for hosting and our website and, you know, makes me uh, keep do this. So thanks. And Rab's Rab, 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 we really we appreciate it. it. It's a mumbled shout out. That's what he wanted. That's what they wanted. Thanks, Ken. Regardless, thank you. We really appreciate it, and uh, you keep us going as well. Luke, we also have a hotline. I'm going to hit it with you. Do you know the number? Yeah, one 347 guys. That's one 347 Call in with your movie reviews. Call in with anything. Maybe you're just having a tough day. You need to vent. Call that number, 1347-699-0068, and let us know what you want to hear on One to Review. Next week, Brandon. 
Next week, we are reviewing You Cannot Look Down, Super Cool Dude the Third, the Reyes Nindez chapters, and Doey um, Bomb. Oh, man. Doey Bomb. Another from the Doe series, guys. Uh, make balm. sure to take your That's, uh, vitamins. Hey, can you hear me? That's Do Doey Balm. Brandon, can you hear me? I'm just checking. I, I think I can hear myself talking. Can you hear me, Luke? Hey, Brandon, are you... Brandon, are you there? Luke. 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 Yeah, I can hear I can hear myself. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I can hear you. Brandon. Brandon, why are you saying your own name? Okay, Luke is able to hear you. Um, thank you so much. I had such a wonderful time at the Oscars with you, Brandon and Alex. Um... I can't wait to do it again next year. My mother, my father, all of my teachers throughout my lifetime. Um, Professor Professor X from the X-Men. Uh, I loved watching him. Um, all the people at Diceworks, thank you for the free dice that help things. Albuquerque Zoo. I went there. Um, different types of dog food that I've tried on.